0: following is a Furnished Brothers production. Introducing your hosts, Rob and Ryan. Please welcome to the Talking Buds Podcast.
1: That it is. The inaugural edition, in fact, of the Talking Buds Podcast. Thank you so much to anyone within the sound of both our voices for taking the time out of your life to check us out. I'm Rob. He's Ryan. What's going on, my dude? And we'll be riding shotgun with you and the rest of Leafs Nation in what is
0: undoubtedly
1: the most anticipated Toronto Maple Leaf season probably ever. Would you agree, Ryan?
0: Absolutely, man. If, the, if you don't think this is the most anticipated Toronto Maple Leaf season, then you need to get your head straight because this season might be the greatest ever. We have some of the greatest talents we've ever seen in a Toronto Maple Leaf uniform this year on the team. So let's get on the bandwagon. Let's have a good time. Let's try to enjoy it. Stay positive. Toronto Maple Leafs 2018. Let's go. All right. Now, before Ryan, we get into our Takeaways from training camp and then the season preview and
1: then our weekly segment that we're going to try out are totally unqualified takes. I think, I think it's best if we provide people with some talking buds context. I think what, what we're both hoping to achieve with the show is simple, interesting and entertaining discussion around the Maple Leafs and the national hockey league in general. Our goal is to get in, not really to get into the weeds with a statistical conversation or analytics and such, because While that sort of stuff is interesting to people, I think like it's not really it's not really our cup of tea.
0: Yeah, let's leave it to the management group of the Toronto Maple Leafs to worry about the Corsi and Fenwick stats and how Martin Maringin's actually uh, seemed as not useless analytically. But when I watch the game, he's completely useless. So we're just going to use the eye test. Me and you, a couple regular buds talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's what this podcast is all about, man. Talking buds. So I think we're gonna we're just gonna try and provide 45 minutes to
1: an hour's worth of banter each week about our favorite team, and we hope everyone who listens to us and again takes the time out of their life to check us out enjoys it. Um, feel free to join in on the conversation. Hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, both at Talking Buds,
0: at Talking Buds Podcast. That's Instagram. That's Twitter. We'll post everything for you. We'll make sure you're all updated with all the new episodes, all the new content, and well, let's get this going, man.
1: Now that that's out of the way, let's get into it. And obviously, while it's it's gone on for a while and probably not the sexiest of things to start with, William Nylander is still not signed and it looks like they're going to start the season without him signed to a contract. I don't know when this is going to get done. Hopefully, it's at the point now where it's hurting the player because he's going to start losing money. And I... I like. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start like it's a bridge? Do we get? Do they give him a bridge deal? Do they sign him long term?
0: Well, I think right now it's just they're, they seem so far apart. I mean, Dubis Dubis is out saying how he wants to sign him long term, but you know, a bridge really makes the most sense for Willie. Willie could bet on himself, take a two-year, three-year deal, play with Austin Matthews, and if all goes well, he could be getting. 70, 80 points a year, which would increase him, increase his salary, and make him worth that seven, eight million dollar range he's looking for. Because right now, that's not where he's at. He's at that six and a half, six million range. And, you know, I, I just see this going into the season. I see it being ugly. I see it being really long. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do and how Willie handles it, because he has no other choice. He's either sitting in Sweden, working out all winter... Or he signs the deal that's in front of him because I don't think Dubas is budging and going over that certain hard number that he's probably placed in front of him and his. Agent. I'm I'm
1: with you on the bridge deal. I I know that that as the player that's not exactly what what you hope for, but like he, he's going to be playing with Matthews, and you got to think that that's prime opportunity. For him, as you said, 70, 80 points a season and then cash in down the line. I know as an athlete, the players want to get their money now. I know there's talk of the impending lockout coming in a couple of years with the CBA and it's like coming to an end in the next few years. But I, I don't know, man. I just it's a tough one because on the one hand, you support the player in his desire to get his money. And he's in a really tough situation because he's the first one of the quote unquote big three. To get signed, so he's sort of setting the precedent. But having said that, I just I I don't know. Like he's he's only hurting himself sitting out right now. And Tyler Ennis, Tyler Ennis has been has been uh, he played very well in training camp, and he's held his own. And you can tell you can kind of see that he's like pumped to be given the chance to play with Matthews. But he's he's not. That's that's Willie's spot.
0: Yeah, well, Tyler Ennis is kind of like the the older man's version of uh, Willie Nylander. It's actually kind of funny when you watch them. They're pretty similar, even though I think Willie's a little more dynamic. But with Willie sitting at home and watching all these preseason games, he's seeing Marner light the lamp. He's seeing Austin Matthews. Hopefully he's healthy all year. He's watching his little line mate going off. And he's got to be sitting at home thinking... If Mark puts on a year, then he's gonna want more money, which is gonna affect Nylander's contract. But at the same time, you're looking at power play one. Is William Nylander's name on power play one? No, that's, that's it's on right, power man. play two. So yeah. he's sitting at home, being like, "Well, what what the hell is this? I like I'm not on power play one. How am I supposed to earn my money and get more money? If you want to sign me to a bridge, you're gonna put me on power play two. That's gonna decrease my point totals by by a ton." Right. I heard somebody say today that
1: um, for him to get on the first power play, they're going to have to pull the goalie. And that's, that's actually true. Like he's not, he's not getting on that power play. So, but it's, it's, it's hurting his position because now they're in a standpoint where they look like we don't need him. Like I've heard uh, uh, some people over the last few days on the radio saying they, they seem like they're doing just fine without him.
0: Yeah, exactly. This is the one year of the Toronto Maple Leafs where having a skilled player like William Nylander, People aren't really freaking out about it because they are loaded, loaded. Kadri, Tavares, Matthews, Marner, Kapanen's a good player. Like, they're they're loaded. So, really, you watch the some of the preseason. I know it's preseason, but you're kind of looking at them being like, you know what? I think they're going to be all right without him. They're still going to get their goals. Do we want him on the team? Absolutely. We love Willie, but... You know, this is this is kind of a different year for this franchise. Like we're not exactly looking at a guy like Willie being like, we absolutely need to get this guy done this year.
1: All right, let's shift gears to who is at training camp and who's on the team. Some roster cuts yesterday and today. So where do you want to start? You want to start with Connor Carrick or you want to start with the goaltender
0: situation? Well, it, let's start with let's start with uh some of the defensemen that got cut. Rosen, yeah, he had an okay camp early. But in that one showcase game against the Canadians where he got put in because Dermot was hurt, he looked awful. He looked terrible. He got pushed off the puck all game. So you know what? That doesn't really surprise me. Borgman got a ton of NHL minutes last year. And I'm not really surprised to see him go down either because this new guy, Oshiganov, came in and he's kind of like Borgman. The
1: Russian Polak.
0: Yeah, exactly. So Babs loves him. Oh, of
1: course. Yeah, the Russian yes, pull. It's a good player. It's a good pro. Yeah, you should see this guy
0: in the gym. Works hard every single day.
1: Does it right every single day? I'm with you on Cali Rosen, though. There were a couple moments in that game against the Habs where he needed a scoop or two of Robatus, and he coughed it up the middle two or three times in that game. And you're watching it, going, "Oh,
0: my. yeah." He lo- he just looks soft, dude. He just looks so soft. And the last thing this team needs is a soft player and connor carrick all i've heard all preseason is how this guy's winning all the fitness tests for the maple leafs he's the most jack guy in the locker room he's in the best shape but i've never seen a, a a dumbbell make a pass up make a good pass to get out of your zone <laughs> you know like (laughs) that's true so but the thing about Carrick though that's interesting is today he gets dealt yeah he got dealt I was
1: happy to see that I was happy to see that
0: yeah it was like the seventh round conditional if he plays an x amount of games they get a sixth pick instead of a seventh pick whatever it is but to me that just that shows a shift in management that Lou would have let this guy just rot in the press box all year he would have sat up there with his little suit All year, and we'd all be asking what Connor Carrick's doing, but instead Kyle Dubas, new regime, comes in. They like Connor Carrick. Babcock has nothing but unbelievable things to say about the guy. He's an unbelievable pro. But they moved him because they saw that it wasn't going to be a positive situation for him rotting in the press box all year.
1: The Kyle Dubas new regime is an excellent segue to Garrett Sparks because I think Garrett Sparks getting the backup goalie job has everything to do with Kyle Dubas being the general manager. Kyle Dubas was the general manager of the Marlies last year, who won the Calder Cup. Garrett Sparks is sort of his guy. I know Brian Burke drafted him, but Garrett Sparks is sort of his guy. And that, to me, is was a signal that Dubas has a say here. He's just not going to get run over by Babcock every, on every single personnel decision. Yeah, so because it's Babcock's to see, a huge... Go ahead.
0: Babcock's a huge... McElhaney guy and like you know what McElhaney had a great year last year as a backup and Babcock from what I've seen the past four years he has a very long leash with the veterans he's a lot harder on the younger guys
1: if you're a good pro who does it right every single day Babs has every, all the
0: time in the yeah world. he has all the respect for you because you're he just that's what he's all about he's all about showing up every day working hard being a good guy he's a world-class family man you know all those good things but here's the way I look at it you either have a 35 36 year old going on waivers down to your minor league roster and he might get plucked he might not or you send down a 25 year old on waivers and he's probably going to get plucked so it's it's experience versus youth but it's age that wins because you don't sparks is just the younger guy is more upside and the also the way I've been explaining it
1: no, but like didn't have a great preseason though. Like 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 let's state that. Like and I know you you like the consensus is you can't really read too much into a goaltender's performance in the preseason.
0: No, I didn't look great at all, but the way I look at it, any normal person who has a 9 to 5 job and they do the equivalent of what Garrett Sparks did the past 2 years, which is be the best goal in the AHL and win the Calder Cup. And any other normal job in this world, that would earn you a promotion.
1: Absolutely. He'll pursue, and he'll presumably get his first start Sunday night against Chicago. Second game of a back-to-back. So, I imagine, though, would you imagine, do do you think, I feel like McElhaney will clear waivers, and I feel like the condition upon taking Sparks is if he struggles at all, Max coming up.
0: Well, if he's... If he is the is the Jonas Enroth version of this year in his first couple starts, I, I think if McElhaney doesn't get claimed, then he's going to be on Babcock's bad side really, really quick. And you might see McElhaney back up with the team because Babcock is a first impression guy. He was with them that one disaster year. Sparks played a bunch of games that year and he's probably made up his mind about him. And it's going to be, I think he has a short leash. We'll, we'll see what happens though. But it's, it's time to start pushing the young guys, put Garrett Sparks out there, see what happens. What What's the worst that could happen? It's a backup goalie position. We're not talking about the number one center. We're not talking about the starting goalie, Put the guy out there, let's see what happens.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Totally agree. All right. You want to get into some positives
0: and negatives from training camp? Well, my biggest positive is the power play, the power play, because why we, everyone talked about it. Power play is ridiculous exactly. and it's dangerous. And it reminds you of other teams in the league that have a dangerous power play. Like when Tampa gets a power play, it's not a couple uh bums going over the boards. It's, uh, it's Kucherov. It's Stamkos. It's Hedman. It's all the boys. Braden points a good player. He's out there. There, you know, it's it's time to stack it up. Why not? Yeah, I agree.
1: They it's 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 ridiculous. And Mitch Marner, like you, you look at the talent you have on that power play and the players you have out there, and Mitch Marner is the one who drives it and quarterbacks the entire thing. He's incredible when he gets control of the puck in the offensive zone. Absolutely incredible.
0: Yeah, he's so crazy. Like the guy just makes passes that ninety nine percent of hockey players don't even look for or can't even don't have the skill to make he's he's so exciting and he's and don't forget like it's not I'm not even talking about just the power play the special teams in general looked very good
1: the PK also looked very good Marner and Tavares on the par, on the power play was a really nice surprise and
0: and and you know capping on the PK like he he looks he's a he's a beast he's so fast you got Brown you got Hyman there you got Parland home so it's Par Lindholm, Kapanen, Hyman, Brown, Marner, Lola Tavares. That's your forward group on your penalty kill. And you know what? I, I love it. I love how they're dangerous on the penalty kill now. Why not? Why not look for that breakaway? Babcock said
1: today that Lindholm, Kapanen, and Brown are going out on the ice after that power play is done.
0: Well, yeah, that that's on the other night on the broadcast. They were hounding all game that, well, the only downside to this power play is... uh. have three centers so if it ends then you got to send out par lindholm and it's like you know what give it a shot like why not what why why would you not stack that power play in the fear of par lindholm going on the ice after it's over like let's just see what happens like people just they're, they're never happy with anything it's always oh we want this and then that happens and then they come up with another excuse of why that can't work and it's like you know what let's just give it a shot
1: let's go like I agree. I totally agree. All right. First, first. So since we just talked about special teams, first negative of training camp for me is, and I know you agree with me on this. I saw too many things in preseason that I saw last year when it comes to offensively, the complete lack of generating a cycle, the one and done offensive chances that come flying over the blue line, they take you throw it at the net they either it either scores goes wide or the goalie makes a save and they're back the other way. There's no sort of dumping in the offensive zone, cycling, pressuring the other team's defense, there's none of that. And I that was a huge thing that we both commented on last season and I saw more of it this year combined with the defensive side which Again, just running around in their own zone, completely out of position, similar to what we saw last year in the Boston series, where they're just hemmed in for minutes at a time. And I don't, I don't know what they're going to do about this. Like they, they, I don't think offensively, I think it can be corrected, but defensively, I think they lack the personnel to really, to avoid Freddie Anderson having to make 40 saves. Yeah.
0: They don't have that stud back there. Like I, I love Morgan Riley and he can skate with the puck just as good as anyone in the NHL. He looks beautiful skating down the ice with the puck, but when they're hemmed in their own zone, they're really missing that, that Victor Hedman type of defenseman that can just get the puck out for you. That drew Doughty guy, but this, this is what they have. Like, this is, this is all they have. And the way I look at it, too, is to help your defense out, it's back to what you just said. You got to have sustained pressure in the O zone, the fun zone, as Babcock calls it. And if you don't keep the puck down there for a significant amount of time, if you're one and done doing the Phil Kessel hash mark turn, making a pass... They were
1: one and done all last year. They were one and done all last year. And aside from a few moments this year where you saw Johnny T get the puck below the the goal line and cycle it around a little bit, they were one and done for the most part in the preseason again. That's concerning.
0: Yeah, it is. You know what? It's not going to be a magical fix. Getting John Tavares is not going to all of a sudden make you into some defensive juggernaut. You know, it's just another player who's a little more responsible in his own end, but it's still the same defensive personnel. It's pretty much the same forward group. And you would think this is this is coaching. Like if doing this type of stuff, systems, to keep the puck out of your own end. You think that'd be coaching? But at the same time, Babcock can say all he want. Exactly. Babcock can say all he want. You know what? We want to do this. We want to do that. We want to do this. If the guys aren't willing to commit and do it properly, do it the right way, then it's going to be the same thing This year, it's just this year, they have a little more scoring talent than they did last year or the year previous. So if they, if the the thing is, though, it's not even, I don't even think it's a
1: matter of them not wanting to commit. I think they're just, they're just not good enough. Like they're just not good enough back there. They don't, they don't have the horses and that could potentially be their downfall because they play in the division. You're going to run up against Boston or Tampa at some point. It's just to me. That is my biggest concern, and I, as I think it's every defense' biggest concern going into the season, is the talent on the back end. One hundred percent.
0: Yeah, well, they're they're super small back there. Like they, they don't have anyone with any size. Hainsey's, uh an old guy. I, I love Haynesy. Seems like an absolute beautician. And you know, Riley Riley's a number two. You know, like he he does. He has a lot of number one qualities, but he's missing that that shutdown like shift where you just need that shutdown and that important game, you know, like it's just it's, Jake Garner's Jake Garner. To me, they're talking about Jake Garner's contract coming up next year. They're saying he wants like, he's going to be worth 7 million. Like, Oh, no, thank you. What is that? Like, you know, no, like, thank you. Without Garner, like, without Garner, they'd be in trouble. Like don't, don't mistake that. But we've seen what the Leafs have done in the past. When they signed guys who weren't capable of doing the job, but they just signed them because they needed them. They were scared of losing them. They were scared of bringing someone up and taking out taking that person's spot. Like Funuff, Funuff was a perfect example. Oh, what will we do without Dion Funuff? We don't really like him, but we don't really have anyone else. So let's pay him seven million a year. Who's gonna Who's gonna take up Who's gonna take up all those minutes?
1: Who's gonna take up all those minutes?
0: Who's gonna play all those minutes? Yeah, like it's 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 brutal. Like I I don't know what they're gonna do.
1: Yeah, uh, okay, that's and that's something that we're gonna have to watch throughout the entire season. They're going in. These are the horses they got going into the season. Presumably they can score their way out of trouble most nights, but I don't know, man. You're gonna run up against either Tampa or Boston in the postseason, and I don't I don't like the chances of of how it currently constructed on the back end. So. We, we, and the thing about the defenseman is, and I, I hate people who get on and start saying, trade for this guy, trade for that guy, because you're not up there, you're not realistic. It's not realistic, you don't know what it takes, but the help is not coming. Like, you're not going to get a guy in free agency, there's no one coming from the minors, at least in the immediate future, help is not coming. So if they really want to capitalize in their window, which realistically is this year and maybe next year, they're going to have to go get some help and cuz it's not it's not coming from within it's just not
0: no it's not coming and in and, and the guys we I, to me i know what riley is i know what hainsy is i know what gardner is to me it, it's zaitsev still has something to prove and travis dermott which hint hint on un, my unqualified take may involved travis dermott oh, but he, there's a tease for later folks Exactly. That is team. stay a tuned, professional. Yeah, stay tuned. But Travis Dermott is another guy. Like he, he needs to play a huge role. So like, you know what? Let's, this is the horses we have. Let's, let's see what happens, man. You mentioned
1: coaching earlier.
0: And, uh,
1: one of the most interesting things going into the season for me personally is the coach honeymoon periods over the, there will be pain period is over. He's got the horses now on offense, maybe not quite on defense. But I I truly believe, Ryan, that if if they get bounced in the first round again, it's, it's going to be on him. I'm not saying he's going to get fired. He's not getting fired. But it, the heat will be on him if they get bounced in the first round again. And after what we heard last year about him going to meet Matthews at his place in Arizona, going to see Anderson at his place in Denmark, I just... I, I'm and all the frustration we felt last year with Leo Komarov out there on the power play all the time, and Komarov and Polak, and Komarov and Polak, so much so that management had to remove those players from the fold because he wouldn't stop putting them out on the ice. I'm interested to see if any changes will be made by him this year.
0: Yeah, well, he he's he's the to me he's the guy who's under the microscope this year. I think the honeymoon. You're right. The honeymoon period is over. When he first came in, it was like, oh, Babcock's uh, walking down the street. Isn't that the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life? You know, like the guy, he could literally he was walking on water for the first two three years. Last year, people started kind of getting fat. after the first playoff run, little success. Next year, a little more expectation, a little more pressure. And people were starting to criticize some of his stuff, some of the decisions he was making. And we'll see what happens.
1: His reliance on Leo Komarov last year made me insane. And yeah, after like, the game, you're like, why voice. is he out there? Why is he out there over Matthews? I know oh, he just he's he, a good he, pro. Leo is a good pro. Does it right every single day, in and out of the gym, every single day. And it's just like, yeah, but he's not as good as Matthews. So why is he out there on the penalty camp, on the power play? Excuse me.
0: Yeah, he he you know what he 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 just has his favorites. He picks those guys, he he just loves them, he sticks with them. They're probably veterans most of the time, but he he just can't be so stubborn. And you know what? A good sign early is putting all those guys in the power play because that's what everyone wants. Everyone wants to see it. Trust me, people around the league, other teams in the league are like they're probably interested. They're going, Holy, look at this power play. How are we going to defend this? This is unbelievable. Look at all these guys on the ice. To me, that's a good first step for Babcock. But it's just, what if that power play struggles for the first three games? What if it struggles for the first five games? What is he going to do? Like, you know, he he might make some rash decision and just go to this thing in his head that's safe for him and switch it all up and do something that's going to drive everyone crazy. But he's Mike Babcock and he doesn't care.
1: Well, that's where having Nylander might be. Handy because you could swap one of those guys out and swap in Nylander, and that might change it up a little bit.
0: Yeah, Nylander is pretty inter- interchangeable with anyone on that power play. Right now, he's on power play too, which is still a pretty good unit. Well, if he ever comes back, but it's assuming he does soon, hopefully, he he's easily interchangeable with any of those guys. But it's just, can Babcock stick with a new way of thinking? Can can he can he just stay true to it? Can he not just go back to his old ways that he seems to always do? And just hopefully he can just get it done this year, man. And you're right. If they get bounced in the first round, it's you're right. It's going to be on him, especially if well, if one guy, if Matthews goes and has a brutal playoff again, he'll be under the microscope too. But it's going to be Babcock because he hasn't had a, a lot of playoff success over the past 10 years or so. Because and, and the whispers will, will start kicking and everyone will start talking and it's going to be Mike this, Mike that, Babcock this, Babcock that. So a, a ton of pressures on this guy this year, man.
1: All right. So enough of that. Let's get into looking towards the future.
0: Um, Want to do some player expectations? Absolutely, man. This is this is my favorite part of the beginning of every season. It's it's a fresh start. Everyone's just great in your head. You know, you're just thinking about all the guys. You're so positive about all they're gonna do. You're looking at the best side of them. And it doesn't always work out, but I love looking ahead. So let's let's make some little predictions. We won't take too much time on each player, but we'll make a little prediction for your, uh, all. Well, mostly the most notable guys. There's a couple of guys that are kind of lumped in the same category, but let's do this. Let's just do the stars. Yeah, yeah. We'll, stars. we'll we'll do the we'll do the important guys. And where else to start, Ryan?
1: And I'm gonna let you go first on this one because I know you're excited. Let's start with John Tavares.
0: Well. John John Tavares John John Johnny Boy man, God John I love you, but John's got a lot of pressure on him. You just signed the big deal, probably the biggest free agent deal in the history of the league, easily, and the biggest free agent deal in Leaf history. Well, probably since we'll talk about the cap era. Like I, I I'm not gonna speak. I'm not I'm not someone who's who's a uh, whatever. But you know it's it's one of the biggest salary cap era deals. Probably the biggest. And John's got a lot of pressure on him, but he's got a ton of talent around him. He's got the best playmaker on the team on his line. I think he. I think anything below 75 points for this guy is going to be seen as a disappointment. He had 84 last year playing with, with pretty good players. And I think he, there's a lot of pressure on Tavares, but he's got to be the stabilizer. He's got to be the guy who's responsible at both ends. Yeah, he's got to be...
1: That's that's what I'm that's what I'm looking for is is not necessarily being the offensive juggernaut because you've got guys on the team who can sort of fill that role being the stable first line centerman who can help play a 200 foot game. Like I said earlier, start some semblance of a cycle in the offensive zone. I you saw him do that a little bit in the preseason. So I'm with you. I'm, I think it's less about offensive accolades and winning scoring titles and all that stuff. And more about, I'm going to say the buzzword more of a captain role and playing a 200 foot game and leading by example, being a good pro every single
0: day. That's, that's what and I'm looking and for. One more most. thing about Johnny. got to get one more thing in there. Cause he's the, he's the hot guy in the city. He, brings something that they don't have he's a very good down low presence i know van Reemsdyke could score around the net van reamsdyke couldn't hold on to a puck to save his life couldn't take a hit couldn't do anything
1: he's not even in johnny T's.
0: yeah game. yeah like let's not even compare that but i just like the down low presence the the strength along the boards behind the net kind of that wayne gretzky office i'm not comparing them but you know that kind of behind the net kind of vision he's the only guy on the team who i think really excels at that so i think johnny's got to put up the points but since there's so much talent on this team he he also can focus more on just being that 200 foot guy who's a, who could be a shutdown guy along Kadri because i think he's i think he's that good defensively as well
1: i totally agree
0: all right next up 34 yeah, well 34 man this is uh this is the franchise
1: yeah, this is the franchise. Make no mistake about it, folks. I know we all love Marner. I love Marner too. But 34 is the franchise.
0: 34 is the franchise ever since Bill Daly pulled that white card with that beautiful new logo on it at the time. Happiest day of my life. This That was tear shedding. I shed a tear that day because that this was the moment. You look at all the best teams that have won the Cup over the past couple of years. They all had that first overall pick. Crosby, Kane ovechkin now like it, that's how you set up your franchise for success you get that pick so now austin's into his third year we all know the guy is capable of scoring 40 plus goals a year if he plays all 82 but it's can you be that leader can you be the guy
1: i want him to get i think he's capable of getting 50
0: oh agreed he's you see the I shot he had the other night again over yeah, Price. Yeah. like holy he's gotta stay healthy
1: though to your point that you were just about to make he's he sort of cut you off there. He's 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 gotta he's gotta stay healthy. I mean the the back injury is is concerning because that's a lingering injury. But if he can stay healthy and have a season like he had in his first year, he can get fifty goals. There's no two ways about Especially if Nylander comes back, he can get fifty
0: goals. Oh, for sure. And you know people are like worried about the captaincy. Me and you both agree that we see Austin Matthews being the future captain.
1: I see. I. Not Johnny T. As much as I love Johnny T, and Johnny T is captain material 100%. Matthews is the franchise. Matthews is the future. Matthews is the guy that you want to keep happy. Matthews, there's I purpose. I think it was done on purpose that he wasn't given an A on his sweater heading into the season this year. Matthews is the next captain of the Maple Leaf. Barring some sort of catastrophe, knock on wood. But... Matthews is the next captain of the Maple Leafs. Yeah, and,
0: and the reason why I think they didn't give him a letter or the captaincy is, why would you give the guy captaincy heading into his contract year? Like, that's just another thing he could use sitting down at that table being like, oh, well, I'm the captain of your team, so isn't that another million? Throw that in there.
1: 100%.
0: All right. Mitch Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner, Mitchy, Mitchy, Mitchy boy. He's growing up before Absolutely our eyes. Absolutely
1: electric. Absolutely electric. Picked up right where he left off at the end of last year in the preseason this year. That guy gets the puck on his stick. You can't you can't take your eyes off him. No one can touch him. He's like a, he's like he's he's like I, you hear the comparison everywhere, but he's like Patrick Kane. Is it's unbelievable watching him. He has been an absolute revelation since they drafted him
0: well i've said since they've drafted him and since his first year this is a guy his, his body didn't grow at the same rate as other guys austin matthews is six two, 200 something pounds a big boy mitch marner guy what is he 510 165 pounds when he got in the league this is a guy who just needed to grow into his body get some strength figure out the league but there's no one on this team who is more dangerous with the puck than this guy? He is to me. He's going to be the sweetheart of this year. That's my prediction. He's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. Yeah, he, and he, he's unbelievable to he, watch. He skates hard. He he back checks. He forechecks. checks. He's not
1: afraid. That's what I love about him. He's a little guy. He's not afraid. He goes in there and he wins the battles. That's something that you didn't see, not to dump on him, but that's something that you didn't see from Nylander. And that's one of the reasons why I think that's going on, not to bring that up again. But I think that's one of the reasons why Marner's favored in that debate of Marner versus because it is really Marner versus Nylander. It's not Matthews. Matthews is in is out is separate, but it is Marner versus Nylander.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Matthews is the center. He he's 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 the centerpiece, he's the face. But Marner to me is gonna be the sweetheart of this year. Everyone's going to fall in love with him. He's going to be so... I think he's going to be so good. He runs the power play. He's on the penalty kill. He back checks. He four checks. He even finishes checks now. Babcock leaned on him hard last year. He was on a line with Matt Martin at one point. And I love Matt Martin. That guy's a beauty. He's a legend. But Mitch Marner doesn't need to be on a fourth line with Matt Martin. And Marner had an unbelievable second half. He fought his way back. And I think this year... He's just going to absolutely light it up.
1: Freddie Anderson.
0: You know, Freddie, if you look at Freddie's statistics, I know we're not getting into all this crazy statistical stuff, but I think save percentage is a, is a, is a dummy enough stat that everyone can understand. He sits around the same save percentage every year. He's in the last two years, he's had a really horrible start, but he's steady Freddie by the end of the year. He's always at that same number. I'm
1: interested to watch his start. This is, you're right. He's had, he's struggled out of the gate. And I want to see if that's something he, you know, it's something they've discussed and something he thinks about. I want to see if that's something he corrects this year. And just part of his evolution, I think, is not running so hot and cold. Like he, he has streaks of time where he legitimately looks like a Vezna contender and the best goalie in the league. And then he has other times where he, the soft ones go in. And I just think that I, I want to see just like everyone does. I want to see a more consistent bell to bell effort from him this season, as opposed to hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold.
0: Yeah. I, you know, Freddie, I, I we've been starving, starving for goaltending in this, in this city. So you know what, Freddie, he is, you know, that was, that's was probably Lou's best deal. When he was here signing Freddie, making that trade and then signing him, you know, Freddie's been a, a revelation here. And, but you're right. He d- he does those struggles. He, at the beginning of the year, he's always October. His numbers are awful. And then he levels it out. What I want to see from Freddie this year that's different from the last two years is I want to see him just like get those couple shutouts, you know, like every game you look at, you look over his stats over the year and, you know, like he, he's steady, but he, he just never has those games where it's like, Freddie is not letting in anything tonight. He may, even though he gets hounded with pucks like last year, how could he get shutouts? He was facing 38 shots a night. But I want to see him just take that next next like elite step. I I see him just a level below those top elite goalies I, in the I national totally, hockey I totally
1: totally agree with that.
0: Totally, and, and agree I think that. he has the capability. We've seen him just be unbelievable. And I think a part of that is the Leafs being better defensively and helping him out. But I, at the same time, I just, I, it's not even like a nitpick. I, it's just something I want to see. I just want to see him hit that next level because I love Freddie. He's a beauty. And I think, I think at the end of this year though, we're going to be happy with Freddie's performance. I
1: totally agree with that. All
0: right, let's do two more. Let's do, uh, let's do Nazem Kadri. Nazy, Nazy, Nazy boy. The longest tenured, is he the longest tenured man? Him and Gardner are, 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 are contending for the longest tenured Leafs. But you know what, Nazem, there's no one who's benefited more from Mike Babcock being the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs than Nazem Kadri. Changed his career. I 100% agree. Before Babs and Shanny got here,
1: remember they suspended him. Well, Shanny actually was here. You remember they suspended him for his extracurricular activities. The one thing that I've been most impressed with is how Babs has gotten – Nazem Kadri to embrace his role cuz you know Kadri as he should thinks of himself in the same league as a Matthews or a Tavares and he should that's part of that's one of Naz's strengths is his swagger and his cocky confidence but the way Babs has got him to embrace his role on the team is it's it's played to his strength it's it's testament to Babs cheers to Babs for doing that cuz i think that's you're right He's been the biggest benefactor of Babcock being the coach of the team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and Nazem just, maybe he just always needed something to believe in. Maybe it was just the slew of bad coaching that before Babcock came, man. Like, you had Ron, like, I came up and played for Ron Wilson. Like, I know Ronnie's a successful NHL coach, but we all knew how that ended, man. And then he played for Carlisle, who was a bit of a wild card. I don't hate Randy. Bit of a wild card, and then they had the the the, the Peter Horachek disaster. But I just feel like when Babcock showed up, Nazem was at an age; he was in his mid twenties, where he just needed someone to look at him and be like, "Grow up." And whether that was Babcock or Shanahan, it was I'm, it was Shane. whatever talk. You remember the reports that came out that shanny had the one on
1: one meeting with him and set him. Yeah, straight. it was a
0: man to man discussion. You can go Google Brendan Shanahan on Google and look at the pictures. Brendan Shanahan is not a weak man but he is a beast and he's if Shanty was standing in front of me and was telling me to to smarten up I, I I would smarten up immediately. I'd buy in 100%. That's why I was so pumped when they hired Shanny. I was like this is a guy who's a winner. Yeah, exactly, he's a winner. Like he's gonna he's going to bring his winning
1: winning culture and mentality. To but Naz
0: on the ice this year it's it's he's not going to get as many well, we don't know this yet. Like, people are always saying, oh, Naz is not going to get as many minutes. But you don't ever, you never know with Babcock. Like, Babcock will throw anyone out there. He doesn't play by any rule book, you know? Like, he just does whatever he wants. And if Naz is playing the best that night, that's who he's going to play. So I, I see uh, hopefully it's another 30-plus season for Naz because uh, he's just a talented goal scorer. He's on PP1. He had 12 power play goals last year. He's capable of getting more this year. So.
1: All right, let's do a defenseman. And I'm going to throw you a curveball here because you think I'm going to say Morgan Riley, but that's not, that's not as fun as talking about Jake Gardner. Jake Gardner ended the season in the doghouse with just about every Leaf fan I know after his performance in game seven. Here's a player who is probably one of the most polarizing guys on the team simply because his offensive talent and ability is quite something. But his defensive mental lapses, say that 10 times over, his defensive mental lapses, they just happen way too often. And you said he's, he's vying for a new contract. It's probably going to be, like you said, in the seven to eight million dollar range. I don't know if the Leafs can afford him at that price. He is at this point, based on the way this defensive core is currently constructed, he is an important part of that. But I just uh, you can't you can't ignore, like I said, the mental lapses in his game. They're
0: blatantly obvious. Jake Garner, this is this is nothing new. This is he's been here. For- for years, he's the longest tenure Leaf, along with Nazem. This isn't new just to the Game 7 situation in Boston. Jake Garner has always had this problem. He looks like a million bucks one night, and then the next night, he he's sleepy, sleepy boy. He he's, he's not... It's like he's not even there mentally. Yeah, you watch him sometimes, and you're just like, what is going through your and, head? And I know that he had... Every year, he sets a new career high in points... And that's nice. But the Leafs don't need points this year, man. They, they they don't. They they need guys who are steady on the back end who can make a play out of their own end. So Jake Gardner, lump him in the Freddie Anderson category where stop being so streaky and start being more consistent. Even play it more safe more if you have to. I know you have a lot of skill, but maybe make that easy pass instead of trying to do the smart, fancy, dumb thing. You know, that makes no sense. But he tries to make that fancy little pass up the ice that never works and he just he he makes those stupid stupid mistakes sometimes i totally
1: agree all right let's uh let's look ahead the week that's coming up season opener wednesday night at Scotiabank arena I, they've successfully drilled it into my head that it's now Scotiabank Arena because every time I open my Instagram, there's Austin Matthews shaking his fist at me telling me that it's Scotiabank Arena. Then you've got the Sens Saturday night, Hockey Night in Canada, also at Scotiabank Arena. Then they come right back and what I said earlier will presumably be Garrett Sparks' first start Sunday night in Chicago. So they're, flo- so they're going to Chicago after... Being home the night previous against the Senators, so you, you on paper again anybody can win at any any night, but on paper they should pick up a couple of Ws over the Habs and Sens. But the, that's going to be no cakewalk, especially in a back to back with your backup goalie starting Sunday night against the Blackhawks. What are your thoughts on that?
0: It, it, well, it's like we said earlier, Frederick Anderson. He's gonna he's had his rough starts in October, and he's gotta be on the ball this year to start the season. They need to me they the good start is everything in sports. If they can get off that that four and one, five and oh, six and two, seven and two, you know, just rattle off those wins early because that will make they stumble out of the gate won't that be
1: something imagine they go out and lose to like ottawa on saturday night exactly but like city will be
0: losing i know but like you can almost see it happening you can almost just foresee you can just see it in your brain already that just they they go out they lose that game they're flat they don't do anything they defend horribly they don't skate they can't get the puck out and then it's just burn the city on fire And Chicago, like, you know, it, it, the teams they play early, you know, they, they got they got some crappy teams early. They got some good teams early. It doesn't really matter. It's just about them going out and just having a good start. Babcock always says, you got, you got to get out to a good start. And But he, you know what? He's right, man. They, they, they need that because they need to get ahead in that division. They need a leg up on Boston and Tampa. They need to win those head-to-heads against them all year. They, they need to win the division. They, they they it would make their life so much easier if they just went out. Yeah, they have to win yeah. the division.
1: If you like like I I get I'm getting annoyed lately where I've been hearing some people make comments along the lines of, "Oh, well, you're just you're just playing to get to the playoffs." And it's like, "No, you have to win your division. You do not want to run up like you're going to have to play them anyway. You're going to have to play Boston or Tampa anyway, but not in the first round. Get win the win the division, play, have a chance of playing in a wild card game and not running up against one of those two teams in the first round. I just, that is the focus this year. The the
0: regular season does mean something.
1: Let's not all pretend that we're just waiting to get to the postseason. The regular season absolutely means something.
0: Yeah, it does. And, and, and you know what? We all foresee them making the postseason, and hopefully they do, and hopefully they win rounds. But that doesn't mean they can't be looking ahead that far. It's a long season. The NHL is a long season, man and and they just need to go out and prove that they are a top 5 top 3 team in the NHL and that they have a chance to threaten against those other teams in the league who is just who are just as good as they are that they can threaten to do this thing man because that's what we're here for this year we're here to see them get this done or the next this year next year doesn't matter this is the roster when they yeah when we went through pain 3 years ago this is what they envisioned and and you know what they turned it around great it's unbelievable what they've done, but this is what we're waiting for, man.
1: Yeah, they absolutely did.
0: Yep. All right. Now to wrap things up, this is a
1: segment that Ryan and I like to call totally unqualified takes. The reason it's called totally unqualified takes is because Ryan and I, quite frankly, are both unqualified. Neither one of us is a professional hockey player
0: nor a professional hockey executive. No, no, we are, we are completely neither. there. We're just two regular dummies. So, so Ryan, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, whatever you want to do. I you know what I'll go first. You know, I'll I'll take the reins. My totally unqualified take this episode, the inaugural episode of Talking Buds, I'm gonna start out with my new market boy, Travis Dermott. And you know, I I he he's he's a year younger than I am. He 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 was grew up around the same area I did. I don't know him personally. I have a lot of people who do, and they all say he's a great dude. And here and I think he. Here's my take. You ready? The guy, he is the most important player for the Toronto Maple Leafs this year. Why? Because he's the guy that everyone looks at to be the next defenseman. He's the only guy in their system. Like Lilligren and Sandine, they just drafted them. They're still young guys, man. They still got a long way to go. Travis Dermott is the only guy who, you say no one's coming. He's the only guy who's somewhat coming, who's capable of, of being in that top four position that they desperately need so badly to push down Gardner, Zaitsev, can. He
1: needs to be... Even Riley. Even Riley. We love Riley. He's the closest thing they have to a top two, but
0: also Riley. I'm not saying that Travis Dermott needs to be a number one defenseman. I'm not saying he needs to be a number one defenseman. I'm saying that this year, if Travis Dermott plays like a number two defenseman, or a number three defenseman and takes that huge step that we're going to look back at the end of the season and go, that was the turning point. Travis Dermott taking that next step and adding to their solid defensive play because the guy can move the puck. The guy can lay the body. The guy can do, I think he can do everything. He could skate. He can make good decisions. It's all about him just getting that experience and taking that next step. And I'm saying my take is it happens this year, and if it does, he could easily be, not easily, but he could be the most important player on the Toronto Maple Leafs in, during this season.
1: That is a totally unqualified hot take, my friend. All right, here's mine. Mitch Marner, playing alongside John Tavares, will get potentially 80 points, and his representatives will sit down either towards the end of this year or next off season with Kyle Dubas. And they're going to look across the table and they're going to say, like hell, you're going to pay Austin Matthews significantly more than Mitch Marner. And Mitch Marner is going to ask oh. for 10 large. The starting point is going to be double digits, 10 sheets, buddy. He's going to be like I just got 82 points. I'm the most electric offensive player that you have, which as we've seen at the end towards the last part of last year and the beginning of this year in the preseason is true. And that's what I think. I think I think Kyle Dubas needs to s- slow down with all the we can we will because if Mitch Marner plays the way f- God forbid he gets hurt knock on wood again if Mitch Marner plays the way he's capable of playing, he's going to sit down and ask for the same amount of money that they want to pay Matthews.
0: And you know what? I know it's preseason, but you just watched him out there and it's like, why, why can't this guy just demand 10 sheets, double digit sheets, man. He's literally Patrick Kane out there. He, He looks like Patrick Kane. He plays like Patrick Kane. Guess what? Patrick Kane makes $10 million a year. If he goes out, And he's a point-of-game player. I think he can hit 82 points or over. I think he's that good. I think he's going to be this good this year. If he does that, why not demand that much? Why not? You deserve it, dude. Why not? And that'll wrap it up for the inaugural edition of the Talking Buds podcast.
1: Thank you to anyone within the sound of our voices for checking us out. We're going to see you again next Tuesday morning, and we'll review the week that was and look ahead to the week that is.
0: It's gonna be a fun season ryan absolutely this is man this is the bandwagon get on the bandwagon we are we are driving the bandwagon let's go this is the bandwagon let's
1: do it let's go like if you like the show and want to get in touch with us hit us up on instagram and twitter both at talking buds we'll see you next tuesday Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.
0: This is Charles Adler. After a few years of working on radio and television, the Charles Adler Show has evolved to a natural place in 2023. YouTube, podcast, and open RSS. You'll hear the show as it always has been delivered, concise, with context, clarity, and empathy. And as a bonus, the guests will be natural-born storytellers who... Won't fear telling stories that are personal and emotional. They won't fear uncomfortable questions. Most important, they won't fear me. Follow me on Twitter at Charles Adler and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts.